Hello everyone from all of us at Saskatoon Open Doors Society. Welcome to our Cultural Bridging weekly podcast series, Culture Clinic, with Cultural Bridging hosts Michael Efemfia and Anita Orlo. Today, Michael and I discuss newcomer culture and COVID-19. This isn't how I imagined Canada. This is the second of two podcasts in our Cultural Clinic Health Edition, with a focus on COVID-19. So Michael, have you ever wondered just how confusing COVID-19 must be for some newcomers who might have been en route to Canada when the pandemic took hold globally? It is confusing for me, and I've been here for a couple of months now. The other day during a cultural bridging virtual presentation, a participant told us she arrived Saskatoon in February, just a few weeks, maybe days even to the lockdown. Since then, she's been home with her family, they are unable to complete their documentation or begin the process of finding work. Their kids are home in an environment they're very unfamiliar with, with no friends and no school. It's hard for her and her husband to explain to them why they left their country, family and friends and school to be told they don't get to go out. Yeah, that must be absolutely horrible, Michael. Well, actually, today we have a guest speaker our own Sultan Ali Sadat from the Saskatoon Open Door Society to talk about just how confusing COVID-19 must be for newcomers who have just arrived in Canada. Certainly social distancing and isolation wasn't exactly what they imagined about Canada. Nice to have you today, Sultan. Thank you for inviting me here. Welcome, Sultan. Um, It's good to have you join us. Um, Do you want to tell us how long you've been in Canada? Um, and how it was like for you back then? I usually tell people I've been here for too long. <laughs> <laughs> so I arrived in Saskatoon December 7, 2000. And that time, the things that you compare with the newcomers now, I always have my own bias because that time things were different because the community associations, the number of diverse group of people in the city was less. We had very less number of people were just there was less support for newcomers when we arrived uh, in that December five families came together and we were in hotel for two and a half weeks mm-hmm. for the first three days we got out of the hotel to go around and find a cart just to call our parents that we arrived <laughs> safely to Saskatoon because there was no social media we would call it the dark time of social media at that time but now when newcomers are coming in that matter, they arrive in airport and just take a selfie and send to their parents and families that they arrived safely here. So everybody will know that they are in Saskatoon or wherever they arrive. And from that perspective, we do have lots of community associations that they are helping newcomers from starting from our community association, Afghan community association, Pakistanis, Bangladeshis, Nigerian, to name it, like Filipinos, uh, Ukrainians has been here for such a long time, German and other community stations. So all newcomers, when they arrive here, they will be receiving some sort of help, uh, not exploring or putting the, having the way for other people, but they're just not exploring by themselves. There are other people did the work for them. They were teaching them how to do their, get their license, yeah. go to school, it reeducate themselves, finding or relicensing whatever education they had from other countries. So in that term, it's much better now than comparing to 20 years ago. Interesting. Yeah, absolutely. So you've done so much for all the other newcomers that have followed in your past. So you're kind of like pioneers, if you will. I would call it that we created a template. <laughs> <laughs> we 
we created the templates of life for all the newcomers who are coming. Just my brother arrived last October, and he's newcomer with his kids. They arrived October 9th, 2019. So. The things that I've gone through for three years to find my way, he is right there right now. So from yeah. October until now. So that's, we taught him how to do all of those things that we did in three years. Michael, I hear Sultan's a really good storyteller. Do you have any interesting stories from those first days when you were here, Michael? As Sultan? I would, uh, I would say like the stories, I would give you one story that is, I shared the day before yesterday with my daughter when we went walking <laughs> uh, because of COVID-19, just walking in neighborhood around. This is about the language barrier. Okay. I was teaching English. I taught English. I was priding myself for being a good teacher and teaching English for grade four or five in Pakistan and also in Afghanistan for many people. When I arrived here, a couple of our friends, uh, we went looking for, one of our friends was smoking. So he was looking for cigarette. And we went around and there was a big sign. That time people were smoking in restaurants and bars oh, everywhere. Yeah. And in baths, everything. Everywhere. They could smoke inside. They smoke inside. That time it yeah, was permitted. So I knew smoke was uh, the new name for cigarette in Canada because we had different names in Afghanistan. It was cigarette itself. And the smoke was just different words. Yeah. <laughs> when I saw here in the restaurant, it called smoke-free restaurant <laughs> and I explained that translate to my friend I said this restaurant is giving free cigarettes <laughs> <laughs> so he was so excited that we go to this restaurant and ask for free cigarettes <laughs> so not only me there's another guy he was from Eritrea he was also speaking good English so we were just we translated together and he said yeah that's free smoke and <laughs> So we walked into the restaurant, the woman, uh, girl, young girl, waitress walked in and said, okay, seat for how many people are sitting here? Like we said, no, we came here to get cigarettes. <laughs> and she said, yeah, I, we said, we need some smoke actually. And she said, this is a smoke-free restaurant. And I said, that's why we are here. We <laughs> <laughs> she looked very puzzled. <laughs> and then, just after about five minutes conversation, she couldn't get what we were talking. She went and I was the supervisor to talk to us. So looking at this culturally thing, because we do speak English, English is, people come here with yeah. lots of yeah. language, uh, like they do have vocabularies, they speak the language, but how it's used in different Maybe places. Maybe different, yeah. Because in Pakistan, anywhere you go, it says, Mufut this. If you translate that to this, like free, yeah. it means that it's free. The people giving you something for free. <laughs> So when it says smoke free, it said, okay, they're giving you some cigarettes. They just trying to give you free cigarettes. So that's my, uh, one of my oh, stories. Oh, that's the time. very good. That's very good, isn't it? Interesting. Well, bringing the conversation back to the times, though, that we're in now, uh, which are maybe a little more uh, daunting, can you share with us a bit about what it must be like, for example, for newcomers to come here and face COVID 19, for example? Uh, COVID-19 in general is a very confusing uh, to see it. We had the discussion yesterday with a couple of my friends who just arrived last year. And as I said, my brother arrived last October. So we're talking about it that yesterday was the number of new cases was high. Even today, I just looked at the news. There was 34 new cases. Yeah. It's confusing for me personally yeah, because the day that Saskatchewan went in full lockdown or called it emergency pandemic, that day it was 16 new cases. Yeah. Yeah. Today we have 34 new cases. Or those 16 was too strong that we went on lockdown. 
Now 34 new cases is just we're going and reopening the whole city and the province. It's confusing for every level of uh, community, like from newcomers to even people who have been here and grew up here or been here for centuries. That's the yeah. same the same confusion. We don't know. Yeah. And I looked at all different news uh, every morning when I get up. The first thing we look at the news of COVID-19 to see how it's impacting different countries. For People who came to Canada on the work permit might be very hard for them because they will not be allowed to receive any money from the government. They came and hope to find uh, start yeah. in their work or find a job, and or they just started the job. And just to tell you that my own family, my brother, he started as a mechanic. He worked at like less than two months. He was in the job, yeah. and he did not meet that minimum barrier of five thousand to qualify for this uh, because he just made it four thousand. He was making two thousand dollar a month. So, giving an example of that, it will create lots of challenges for newcomers if they have any money that they came with, and that money will be running out very quickly. And aside from that, they cannot go out. That will financial distress will yeah. be creating more problem. But overall, when you look at it, no one knows uh, just how to deal with COVID-19. We heard a lot of different countries that everyone went in lockdown. Sweden did not go in lockdown. Sweden, all the restaurants, all the hotels, all the businesses are open. They are open. But when you look at the number of people that they are in sick, like I looked at it yesterday, uh, I don't know if that's changed since yesterday today, they had 22,000 cases comparing to Canada we had 60,000 cases and they had 2,700 deaths. In Canada we have 3,800 deaths but this is per capita it might change. So we don't know if Sweden is doing a great job or the rest of the world are doing good good job. But this is confusing for everyone. Uh, Same thing with all newcomers. They are more confused because and it's also the problem will be a little bit more for them because they don't know where to they don't have that network of support at this time. Mm-hmm. And they may not qualify for all of this government support, and they may not qualify to take any loans from the government. So they're left out by themselves. They have to manage it, and hopefully, this this phases of reopening may help them to find a job. But we are not sure if that will be in the next six months or eight months. People will be back fully to the jobs that they were before. Yeah. Yeah. Then again, we will just ask um, for the for the newcomers um, who are only new in Saskatoon um, and have been hit by this, you know, sudden situation, unexpected situation. Um, they can't go out. They can't find work. They can't find, you know, even food, like you said. Um, what do you think is going through their mind? I think first of all, we when we. Put everybody under one labeling them newcomers there's lots of different categories uh, the people are coming as uh, farm working on the farms as uh, skilled workers people came through the family uh, reunion maybe husband and wife sponsoring one another or their children are coming or they just this a group of five sponsored the family and they arrived months ago or six months ago or five months ago we're in just on last week of february some refugees came in the same time. So there's so many different categories of uh, newcomers. We are just putting them as one, but uh, one labeling them one newcomers. They may all have different challenges and different uh, problems or facing lots of challenges at this time, every, uh, like every other citizen of Canadian citizen. But what would be common, because when they, are, they came, especially those people as newcomers, when they came with, they came with a plan, and the plan was... COVID-19 was not part of their plan. No, it wasn't. Yeah. So they came with a plan to start the new life here, either go to school or uh, go to work or just arrange something within months, go to work or within a week 
or tra trans like translating their documentations or uh, transferring their documentations or even transferring money from overseas. Nowadays, everything is locked. Everything is fully locked. And I have a friend of mine who has uh, traveled to Tajikistan and the brother is there. So he wanted to send money. He cannot send any money because every all Western unions in different countries are locked down. So yeah. even if your family and friend try to help you, there is no help and support. Yeah. So those are the challenges for the newcomers. And the biggest part would be just the financial one would be big because they are not qualified, as I mentioned before, to any of the government uh, assistance programs. And the second part would be like if their kids arrived and their kids was in an age group to enter in school system and especially very crucial for grade 10, 11 and 12 to have some credits to graduate and go to uh, university. And right now the COVID-19 put it in a place that they will not get those credits because yeah. they are all, they were just there one year behind. Yeah. And if yeah. you arrived at age 20 and you were put in grade 12, uh, you have only now uh, one year to go because at 22 you will be kicked out of school. So there's so many different problems. You can look at so many different angles and the children's, uh, any child who came, like if there was no COVID-19, children's were going to school by three months, four months, they built friendship and network that they could go and learn about one another. But now they're all, that opportunity is not there. That support is not there. So they're just, everything that they learn is from the parents. And if the parents are new, children are new, they don't learn anything new in this country. And September, if they go to school, they're just that one portion of the year they're behind. Yeah. So what I can suggest for newcomers, when I see one thing I would suggest for uh, all those who are newly arriving, they have, they're very afraid of COVID-19, not going out, not doing any, anything that they should, the things that they're allowed to do with their families and friends, getting around, at least going walking, taking care of like just a few blocks away from home in, in their mm -hmm. neighborhood. Uh, they're, those, they're just very afraid, but I suggest that they should be vigilant, but not be scared, uh, taking, washing their hands more often, taking care of each other and uh, their family members. But there's another group of newcomers that I've seen that they do not, they think that the COVID-19 will not touch them. Yeah. <laughs> so they just, they come and hug friends and handshake with friends and do all of those things without thinking that they, they don't take the COVID-19 and the lockdown seriously. So they just look at it and say, okay, no, we are friends. We should, like, they think that friends will not that's right. Carry Friendships don't carry. So, yeah, exactly. So that's yeah. a two part of it. I have seen one group that don't get out of the house at all, and the other group yeah. they don't care about. Okay, you're my friend. Let's handshake, and they don't care about it. Everything True. is normal. Yeah. Everything looks normal to them. Yeah. So, what kind of help can we give to newcomers then? Like uh, any of us walking around or uh, in some sort of situation, some kind of capacity, what can we do to help out? Do you think? I think there are so many different ways that we can help out. Uh, everyone not only newcomers but the whole citizen that who are uh, impacted the elders mm -hmm. uh, seniors people with disability uh, people with no income yeah uh, they should be supported alike but if we have a neighbor a friend and if they need some help we can at least give them a ride to the grocery stores because they may not have a vehicle uh, or help them to get the like how they should take the buses because many people don't know how to take bus and i had a question recently they said why the bus is only the back door was open 
The yeah. gentleman didn't get into the bus because he was waiting for the front door to open. As <laughs> 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 yes. simple as that. He didn't get in. He said, just the back door opened and a few people came down and I didn't get, go, go up because the driver looked at me and didn't open the front door. <laughs> so this is a small thing yeah. and that will help. And also if there is anyone who is in need, uh, refer them to the places, organizations that they're supporting like Food Bank, like uh, Sassan Open Door Society. We do help and support through the phone. Like people can call and mm -hmm. we will guide them. And anything that anything that they can do like that will be counted in. Great. Uh, thanks for thank you thank you Sultan uh, well, for your you. time thank you very much. Um, and Pleasure thanks for joining us today everyone next week on Culture Clinic we'll explore what it's like to experience culture shock and discuss what it is and some fascinating stories from our guest speaker Anita and I welcome your feedback and suggestions please write to us at culturalbridging at swords.sk.ca Yep, that's it. And we appreciate you, our dear listeners. Until next week, remember to keep safe, keep distanced, and keep alive.